0: Welcome to the choosing to stay podcast. We're your hosts, Hallie Roderick and Stephanie Hamby certified relationship and recovery coaches, we specialize in supporting couples who are healing from infidelity and betrayal. We invite you to join us each week as we explore the challenges and joys of the recovery journey for couples who are choosing to stay in a relationship after betrayal, we'll encourage you with hope for healing and transformation, connection, empathy, growth, choosing to stay. Welcome to today's episode of choosing to stay. Today we're going to continue the conversation around emotions and we're going to focus more on how we can receive emotions from our partner when they're experiencing strong emotions and how we can work to practice managing what's coming up for us when we're receiving someone else's strong emotions. And this is a challenge for both partners because this work is kind of messy. So when there's been a betrayal in the relationship the betrayed partner is going to have a lot of strong emotions and when he or she expresses those it's very likely that it's going to cause an emotional reaction in the other person so this requires that both partners do a lot of work to manage what's coming up for them and work really hard to develop the skills to show up in your relationship in a way that's going to further the opportunity for deeper intimacy, create a safe space, rebuild trust, And I love this work because I really believe that we can create a different type of relationship that maybe we've never had before. And this skill of being able to show up and honor the emotions that are coming up for each other, I think is foundational in that is being able to to show up in someone else's pain, hold them in their pain without having to fix it, but allowing them to experience what they're experiencing and be able to show up and be there for them.
1: Yeah, I wanted to share this. Intrapersonal is our ability to be aware of our own emotions and interpersonal is comprised of social awareness and the ability to connect to, to others' emotions. So that's what we're talking about here is that once we have to have this ability to be able to know what's going on for ourselves so that we can connect with other people, it's a huge piece of empathy is knowing yourself so that you can show up for communication and connection with your significant other.
0: Um, I also think of like mirror neurons and co-regulating. If we are able to, if, if our partner is having a lot of strong emotions and we're able to maintain our composure and create a safe space for them, a lot of times it allows that opportunity for them to to match those mirror neurons and to then calm themselves as well when you create this safe environment. And the opposite, if we go into reactivity or defensive mode or victim mode, then I believe that it can almost ignite the fire, throw fuel on the fire of our partner. And that's where we get into really unproductive conversations and interactions with each other. Those mirror neurons happen both ways. We can activate each other and we can work to kind of help ground ourselves, which then might be able to give the opportunity for your partner to get grounded as well.
1: Yeah. I love that you mentioned that because it's really important. It's hard for both in this situation, but showing up into a conversation with your partner, the one that has been betrayed and providing the space. So we hear this way of explaining empathy as you're not providing sympathy. You're not saying, oh, it's going to get better. Or you're not saying, oh, let me fix that. You're literally coming down into the space with them and sitting with them. And so a lot of times what will happen with the one with sexual integrity issues is when the partner does feel safe enough to start expressing some of these emotions, then the one with sexual integrity issues will feel It almost taps these like eye wounds. And so it's really important that he is showing up in a way that's saying i'm here for you and i'm to acknowledge and validate how you are feeling even though this is something that i have caused so to show up in empathy and stay out of these eye wounds or these eye pains what that means so this comes from shelly martinkus and jason martinkus and whenever we think of these three eyes they're not only feelings but it's whenever they become a self-concept so it's like if something is tapped inside of us, that causes or sparks this wound inside of us, and then we take it on as a self-concept. So if the partner is saying things, sharing emotions around ways that they have been hurt, and he goes into one of the three eyes, which is insignificance, which says, do I matter or do I have worth or value? Impotent is, do I have power control or the agency over this situation or over this filling and then incompetent is am I good enough and do I have what it takes and so if those if those three eyes are tapped then the one with sexual integrity issues will turn inward so it's like all the eyes are tapped and now I'm turning inward about me I can't sit in the present and be present-minded and present in this conversation because it's reflected back on me so it's really important that in those conversations we are putting up some sort of whatever we have to do to be able to be present with the partner so that those eye wounds are not tapped. And when they are, because they will be, it's being able to address those after the conversation. Oh, well, when this happened, it made me feel like this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is an important part of the work is being able to notice what's coming up for them when it starts to turn inward, or they maybe drop into that space victim space or the pain of watching their partner in that degree of pain is so great it's hard for them to sit in that and it's challenging work so we're not trying to say this is easy but we're trying to give you some tools and some awareness around it and some things that you can do to start practicing how you can show up for your spouse so I love the bringing out those three eyes, and just hopefully giving you an awareness so you can do a little check and go, okay, do I do that? Maybe I do that. Maybe I need to be a little more aware of that. And then we want to talk about some tools that you can practice to start to show up in a different way so that you can create that safe space for your partner to heal from the pain that has been caused from the betrayal. And that's what this is all about, of creating emotional safety And as you do that, you're going to rebuild the trust in the relationship. And that's what usually one of the big long-term goals for couples in this journey is they want to have that trust rebuilt. And as you show up for your spouse when she's in pain, that is laying one more brick of that trust every time that you do that, that you can show up for your partner in that way. So let's talk about a few tools we want to give you some applicable things that you can take away from this episode today and start to work on, you may hear us talk a lot about a tool called AVR, which is common in this world, and it stands for Acknowledge, Validate and Reassure. And an important part of this is that you're not needing to fix anything. Your purpose is not to fix your spouse's emotions or the situation, it's just, understanding It's just showing up with understanding and empathy and compassion. So the A stands for acknowledge. Acknowledging can be a really powerful way for you to, to let your spouse know that you see them, that you see him or her. And acknowledge and say, it seems like you're activated right now or that you're upset about something. And the validating is Being aware and and expressing the awareness of what they might be experiencing. I can imagine that you might feel scared right now. Based on what we've experienced in our relationship, it would make sense to me that you would be feeling some fear. So you're trying to step into that space and see if you can understand what they are experiencing. And then the R stands for reassure. I want to reassure you that I'm here for you. That I'm going to do everything that I can to create that safe space for you. And that I'm working on my own stuff so that I can protect you and protect myself. And is there anything else that you need from me? Is there anything that you need from me right now in this moment? What What did I miss in that explanation, Stephanie, on the A V, The
1: ABR tool is, it's, this is one of the most important tools, I think, in building empathy. It's also a really great relational skills tool that we utilize in parenting and with our friends and in all social engagement. So that, yes, I love that. And it is saying to me, whenever we use this tool, the ABR, you acknowledge, validate, and reassure that is showing that you are there and you're present with the person and that you're not trying to fix them. There's nothing wrong with them, but that you are there to listen to them. And to validate what they're experiencing through acceptance of their thoughts and their feelings. The AVR is a great tool. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do we show up with understanding and acknowledgement of another person's emotion? And we had discussed some things prior to starting this. And so I think some practical ways that shows that you are showing up with acknowledgement and understanding of someone else's emotions is your body language and also your nonverbal cues. A lot of empathy work is not even about how you talk or the things that you say or having the right words. It is the behavioral truth and how you are showing up physically with your body and to be present in the moment come down there with with them in that to see if you can understand or validate where they are at with their feelings. Uh, So those are something, your body language and having an open response. You don't want to have hard eyes or cross arms. You want to have a very open response. I am here and I'm sitting with you and that my body language is proving that. I'm not glazing or glaring through you. My eyes are physically soft and listening and taking in what you're saying.
0: Yeah. And that's really challenging sometimes for especially men. It can, and maybe women too, if you're not used to having an intimate type of conversation, it can be really challenging. So this is where you can practice having some self-awareness of, okay, if let me look and imagine what they might be like, what my partner is experiencing right now. And if you see fear in their face, maybe do a little self-check. Do I have hard eyes? Do I need to soften my stance a little bit? I think a big one is tone of voice because you can say the same thing with a different tone and it means something totally different than your tone of voice is a big, not so much about the words, but your tone of voice. And I know even for me, that's a big one because I have to watch really close not to have a sarcastic tone to my voice. And so it is a skill that you can practice and that you can improve upon, but check those, those things, and I think you mentioned eye contact. I think that is something I have many clients who making eye contact is something new for them, especially after there's been a betrayal. If there's been lies that have been happening, you may have really gotten used to not making eye contact because you don't want to, and and maybe that maybe it's just not something that you've ever experienced. If your family of origin didn't have a lot of emotional awareness, Eye contact is something that can be really powerful, and it's an easy skill to practice. I shouldn't say easy, maybe simple is a better word to use there, but one that can be really powerful is to really look your partner in the eye, and with softness and care and concern, and I think that is a huge safety creating behavior when you can look your partner in this in the eye with softness and understanding.
1: Yeah, we, we were just talking about this building integrity and coming away from the sexual integrity issue. When you mentioned that looking in the eye and how it was used to be a behavior that was related to acting out in these lies, the deception that was around that and not something as simple as looking your partner in the eye whenever you are having a conversation is a piece of building that, rebuilding that integrity and showing up in a conversation with integrity. I'm so glad you addressed that. I just thought that is so great because that it's a very simple skill to learn to start utilizing that you could start rebuilding that integrity. Yeah.
0: When I think another important part, and I touched on it a minute ago, but I want to revisit it, is that The purpose of showing up for someone when they are having a lot of strong emotions is not to fix emotions. And I know that both genders like to be fixers, like women are nurturers by nature and men like to fix things. And so it can be hard to stay out of that place of, oh, I gotta fix this. And if you can just put yourself more of in a compassionate observation role, I think that that is more validating for the person that is experiencing the strong emotions rather than jumping in and trying to fix it. Even with good intentions, you can jump in and say things like, well, I can see that you're feeling this, but it's gonna get better. Or I know this is hard, but tomorrow's a new day. And it is almost invalidating to say, okay, yeah, this is hard, but I don't wanna see your emotions. I don't wanna deal with your emotions. So let's just focus on tomorrow and you can do that but it won't really resolve the emotions you have to be able to feel what's coming up for you deal with what's coming up for you and then you'll heal from for it, from it so you have to feel and deal in order to heal and so i think really being able to sit with someone in their emotions like you talked about can accelerate healing and that's another point is that The partner that has betrayed is not responsible to do the work for their spouse to heal. Unfortunately, even though it's not your fault that you were hurt, it's still your responsibility to do the work to heal from that. Your partner can't, even if they would like to. They can't do the healing for you. But you can show up and support them in their healing and be a great tool for them to accelerate that healing, or if you're not able to show up for them in their emotions, it will take a little bit longer for them to heal because they are fe- they'll are. they have to find somewhere else that they can go and express those emotions or learn how to deal with them on their own. If you can show up in empathy for your spouse when they're in pain, it will accelerate their individual healing as well as your relational healing. So this is really important to look at.
1: Yeah. And another thing with the showing up and empathy in a conversation is that you you don't have to experience what the other person is experiencing to be able to have empathy. It is a perspective taking. So I use this analogy of the glasses. These are the glasses that I wear, and this is the way I view the world around me. And I would like for you to come into conversation with me and wear my glasses for a minute. The spouse putting on the glasses, and then they're able to see that Oh, this is what it looks like from your world. This is how you are feeling things. And so it's sitting there wearing their perspective glasses while the other one verbalizes what what it is that they're seeing through the lenses. And so it's a perspective taking, but you also touched on something that I think is really big about whenever we minimize or not even minimize, but to the point where we are like, Oh, let's just go on to tomorrow and not even worry about this. That's what leads to resentment. Behind resentment is an unmet need. When we go without addressing our emotions or our feelings, then we are not addressing our needs. And we know now that behind every feeling and emotion is a need. So by just going ahead and addressing it in a healthy way, which is what you're learning is these relational skills, then you have a more of an opportunity to get those needs met in a healthy way mm-hmm. versus turning towards this resentment and the bitterness um, that comes from unmet needs.
0: Mm-hmm yeah such a great point i love that putting on the glasses and trying to see the lens see the world through the lens of the other person i actually have a question that i like to encourage my clients to ask themselves when they are in an activated conversation and that is if the tables were turned how would you want them to respond to you and what that does is help it puts you in that value-based space in your brain so it kind of helps you shift out of that emotional space and into your logical brain and go, okay, if I were in his shoes or if I were in her shoes, how would I hope they would respond to me? And that is similar to what you were saying with the putting on the glasses, but it helps you choose a value-based response and helps you stay within your own integrity. So I think that's it. I love your glasses analogy. I haven't heard that one before, but that's a really good...
1: I bought these like... Elton John, big pink lens glasses (laughs) from like the Dollar Tree. And I keep them in my office here so that to, as a reminder, you put on the lens of perspective from someone else's viewpoint. It's a great reminder for all of us.
0: Yeah. I'm a visual learner. I might have to get my own Elton John glasses for my desk. (laughs) Okay. I want to share one other tool that I learned from Tony Overbay, who's a therapist in this world as well. And he calls them the four pillars. The first pillar well, let me just preface this for a second. I love these tools because it helps you shift into focusing on your own reaction and not so much about the other person. It helps you kind of step into that space of empathy. But his the first pillar of his four pillars is to assume good intentions. Assume your partner, whatever's coming up for them, that they have good intentions. And that can be challenging when there's strong emotions coming at you from the pain that maybe you have caused. So if you think about what their good intentions might be, from a betrayed partner's perspective, they're wanting more connection. So even if it's showing up as strong emotions that are caused because of the pain, still try to think of it as, okay, she's coming because she wants to connect or she's wanting safety, she's wanting reassurance. And so instead of dropping into that self-concept space that we were referring to earlier of, oh man, I'm not good enough, or I'm never going to be able to fix this, or I don't have any control over this, try to stay out of that space and assume that your partner has good intentions with whatever's coming up for them. The second pillar is to don't send the message that you're wrong or I don't believe you. And so that requires you to take that space for a minute and go, okay, wait a second. I'm having a lot of strong emotions coming up for me. Give myself the space so I can choose to respond because sending the message of I don't believe you or that you're wrong is shows up in defensiveness. If you're saying, well, that's not what I meant or that's not the way that happened or I know I'm never gonna get it right or whatever, you're shifting into that self-concept place and you're sending a message that whatever your partner is experiencing is wrong or that you don't believe them. So stay out of that space is the second pillar. The third pillar is to ask questions before making comments. So this puts you in a place of curiosity, which is really validating for someone who's experiencing a lot of emotions. So ask questions before you make comments. So questions like, tell me more about what's coming up for you. Help me understand what's going on for you. Let, help me to share with me what's, what you're experiencing right now. That is so validating for someone and so safety creating for a person. So if you can get really good, you might need to practice a few of those questions of curiosity, but ask some questions before you jump in with your comments you might even say is this something that you want my feedback on or do you just want me to hear you do you just need to be heard and that can be validating as well can help you stay out of that place if I gotta fix this because maybe they want some input if it's not relational and maybe they don't the fourth one and this is the pattern breaker which is why I love this tool is because in order to create a new type of relationship we've got to break the old unhealthy patterns and so the fourth pillar from tony overbay is stay out of your bunkers stay present lean in and you'll have to do a self-assessment on what your bunkers are some common bunkers are defensive mode victim mode stonewalling passive aggressive sarcasm so what are your what are your bunkers how do you where do you go when things get hard You shut down. Are you reactive? So check and do a little self check on what your bunkers are, and then stay present. Lean in, which can be hard to to stay present and lean in, but it can be a skill that you can develop. So I love that tool from Tony Overbay.
1: That's a great tool. I love all those, like the steps, and to be able to be present. And one thing that keeps us away from being present is whenever we turn inward. And so if we can slow down our own thinking and get on and start utilizing these tools, like these are the steps I need to take to show up and be present. It's great. They're great relational skill building tools. Mm
0: -hmm. We might need to do an episode in the near future on how do you create that space to stay present and lean in? Because I think that that's almost, it's outside work that sets you up for the ability to create that space in being mindful and being um, aware of what's going on in your body and in your present moment. So we might need to do an episode on that in the near future to yes. talk about the importance of that outside work. That, And from my opinion, you do it individually and it spills over into your, relation, yes. your relationship. It allows you to create that space for you to be present and to... Choose how you're going to respond rather than have an automatic reaction. So. Okay. Anything else on this receiving emotions that you think we ought to bring up, Stephanie?
1: I feel like we have talked on starter conversations, being able to show up. And we say this a lot these are skills and they take practice. And at first, it can feel almost robotic or pre planned or artificial. Like, and so. I just want to encourage you guys, as you are using these tools, that the skills grow and build as you practice them. So practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes progress. And and that's what we're looking for here. So um, thank you for joining us today as we have talked about these showing up, being present and receiving another's emotions. And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the choosing to stay podcast. If you have enjoyed the show, we invite you to subscribe, share, and leave us a review connection, empathy, growth, choosing to stay.